You're listening to the Living Word Church Podcast. To learn more about Living Word Church and our service times, visit us online at livingwordli.org. Today's message comes from our lead pastor, Doug Jansen. We're starting a new series here today. And, um, you know, I love it when kids pray. There's something powerful when kids pray, but there's also some funny moments sometimes when kids pray. Uh, There was a a story about a woman who invited some people over, and she was kind of stressed out. You know, like as the the time's coming when the people are going to show up, you're kind of stressing out a little bit about, do I have everything ready? And so she's kind of running around the house real busy, and everybody shows up, and everything's going great, and they're sitting at dinner. and, And so the mom looks at the daughter and says, honey, would you like to lead us in prayer? And she says, well, I wouldn't know what to say. I wouldn't know what to pray. And the mom said, well, just go ahead and say what you heard mommy said. And so the little girl bowed her head and says, dear Lord, why did I invite all these people over my house? (laughs) And so sometimes prayer doesn't go so well. And we have lots of thoughts about prayer, don't we? I think we have some objections about prayer. I think uh, I'll give you just five. One is, I just don't think it's important. I don't think prayer is all that important. I don't know how powerful or effective it is. Maybe you might say, I don't know what to pray. I just don't know what words I would even use, you know? And I think that sometimes leads us to some of those uh, formulated prayers, you know? Like those prayers that are prayed before dinner, you know? Some of them go like this, Lord, we know without a doubt you'll bless this food as we pig out, right? Or rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub. Or Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, whoever eats fastest gets the most. Or good bread, good meat, good God, let's eat. Or my favorite, through the lips and over the gums, looked out stomach, here it comes, right? And so... Sometimes we're trying to just get the words, like I I just don't know what to say. And today I want to give you something very specific to pray for, okay? And so if you're hunting and searching for, God, what do I say? What words do I use? Uh, Today you're going to leave with something memorable and clear to pray for. And I'm, I'm training myself to pray this way. It's something that I've been learning as I've been studying for this series. And Um, It's something that I think is really important and powerful, maybe even a bit of a theme for us as a church to pray through here in 2023. It'll work for praying for your kids, your spouse, your friends, coworkers, people in need. It's a really powerful, memorable, effective way to pray. So I pray you'll know what to pray. Some of you would say, I'm just bad at praying. The words come out weird. I feel awkward. I don't know what to say. Some might say, I don't have time to pray. I'm so busy. I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to sit there and get on my knees and close the door and have my face in the carpet before God for extended periods of time every single day. And and those are the only prayers that count, right? Well, we're going to look into that today. Maybe some of you might say, I'll pray for others when things get better for me. You know, like I, I got so much going on, it's hard to even think about praying for somebody else. I just have so much that's happening here within myself. And so we're going to tackle all these kind of objections and questions today. And I just pray that you're encouraged. I pray that you're motivated and inspired to pray in 2023. What a powerful thing we could do. You know, uh, I'm sure we've all, all made and broken resolutions already, right? On January 8th, we've probably all, all done that. But what a powerful thing to come around prayer this year and say, I want it to be a priority. I want it to be something that I'm serious about. Um, If you are new to us, if you're maybe someone who's not a follower of Jesus, maybe even you're saying, well, what am I, I don't know, what do I know about prayer? I feel like I'm going to get it wrong, or I just want to let you know God so wants to hear from you. He so wants to hear from you, and we'll talk about that today. And I also want you to see something powerful Jesus has done for you. Listen, one thing I got to do is encourage you, because so many of you are are already all in on prayer. We've got some powerful prayers here in our church family. And so if that's you, I want you to be encouraged and motivated. Just keep going. Your prayers are making a great impact. So we're going to jump right in. Everybody say Colossians. 
We're starting a six-week series on the book of Colossians today. And so let's dig right in at the beginning. Colossians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God and Timothy, our brother. This tells us who wrote the letter. It's Paul who wrote the letter. And as far as we know, Timothy didn't actually write the letter. Um, Timothy probably more was just in on all of it with Paul. You know what I mean? Like when I get up on stage and I say, hey guys, here's something that our team really thinks is important. You know that that means that our staff thinks this is important, not just me. And so it's very likely that Timothy being included in this introduction was like, my prayer for you, Timothy's in on. My concern for you, Timothy is in on. The things I'm saying, Timothy agrees with, okay? And so we know Paul wrote this to who? Well, it says to the next part, to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father. So he wrote this letter to the people who lived in Colossae, the Colossians. They lived in a place called the Lycus Valley. It was in the Roman province of Asia, said to be a beautiful place. And it goes on here. We always thank God for you, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when, everybody say when, when we pray for you. Now listen, this is the introduction to the letter. Okay, uh, Colossians was a letter that Paul was writing to these people, okay? And so I think we tend to fly through the introductions sometimes. You know, maybe you're reading an email at work or something, school. It's like, I don't even care what the beginning and the end says. There's something important in the middle I got to see. And we have to do that with the Bible, don't we? But I want you to see right here in the introduction something so powerful. When we pray for you. Everybody say, when we pray for you. That is so important. Because some of us are saying, I don't know that prayer is all that important. Well, here is Paul saying, not if I pray for you, but when I pray for you. In other words, this is a given. Prayer is happening. This isn't a, I hope this happens. This isn't a, if it happens to happen, or I plan to, or hope to. No, this is a, when we pray for you, here is what we're praying. Man, church, in 2023, if we could turn if I pray into when I pray, then we've taken a great step. If we as individuals could just say, oh man, it's not a question. This is not like I hope it's something I do. No, this is what I do. We would see the importance and the power of prayer. And I pray that we become spouses who pray for one another. I say this all the time. Somebody says, well, I'm not married yet or I'm not even dating anybody. Pray for your future spouse now. Parents, that we would be parents who pray for our kids. They so need it. Kids in the room, that we'd pray for our parents and not just, oh shoot, I kind of dented the car with the baseball, help them not kill me, God. Like, like prayers, like, oh God, be with them because we are imperfect people. And you're like, oh, you don't got to tell me that. I know all about that. But pray for your parents. Pray for them. That, that well, what, what do I say? You'll see in just a few minutes here. Friends praying for one another. So incredibly important. And then Paul says, when we pray for you, he says, because we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people, the faith and love, I hope this verse sounds familiar, by the way, we talked about this in the heaven series, the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that's come to you. So let's talk about that for a second. In the last few months, since we talked about heaven for four weeks, is there like this excitement and anticipation springing from that relationship with God? I pray so. I pray that in the last several months, as we've been on the other side of that series, there's been moments where you've been like, man, life is hard, but heaven's coming. Not fatalistically, but just like anticipation. 
I can't wait to be with Jesus. I hope that that, that hope that we have is produce something, something powerful in you. But let's keep going. In the same way, the gospel or the message of Jesus, dead and risen back from the dead, is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. So Paul is saying, okay, you guys have heard the message about Jesus. You heard that he was put on a cross and in the ground, but he rose back from the dead, and it's been making a difference in your life is what Paul's saying. But the question is, how did they hear about God's grace? Who first told them? Well, look what it says in verse 7. You learned it from Epaphras. Everybody say Epaphras. Epaphras was the pastor to the Colossians. It says, he's our dear fellow servant who was a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf and who also told us of your love in the spirit. Everybody say Epaphras. Epaphras told them about God's grace. Epaphras at times was in prison with Paul. We don't know a whole lot about Epaphras from what the Bible tells us, but there's one thing we know absolutely for sure. Epaphras was a prayer. Epaphras was serious about praying for the people. And look what it says in just a few chapters later in Colossians 4, verse 12. Same book, same letter here. Epaphras, who was one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. Listen, he's always wrestling in prayer for you. Epaphras was just fighting for the people in Colossae, that they would know God, that they'd be close to God, that they'd live out all that God had for them. He was a passionate prayer. And so if you're here today saying, I don't know if prayer is important. Well, we've already seen prayer is important to Paul. He was always praying. He was, it wasn't an if, it was a when. And here's Epaphras always wrestling in prayer for you. A few months ago, Kelly and I had the awesome opportunity to speak at a marriage retreat. And we encouraged the couples to wrestle in prayer for their spouses. And I think this happens two ways. It happens together and apart. Okay, pray for your spouse together. Grab one another's hands and pray every day. 30 seconds, start there. 20 seconds, start there. Just do something together and watch that grow. Watch that time become precious to you. Watch that time become special to you. Watch answers, of, answers to prayer begin to flow into that relationship and that time together. You know, I, I'm just warning you, I will start showing up at your house, okay? You know, like you go out to grill one night. I'm just standing out there like, bro, go inside and grab your wife's hand and pray right now. You walk inside, the ball guy's on the porch again. I guess we got to pray. I don't even, right? But this is so important. Pray together. Wrestle in prayer together. Wrestle in prayer for one another. But also pray for your spouse throughout the day. Pray for them. You know, as arguments, as disagreements come up, man, we, we argue in our head. We, we get all those great responses. Sometimes it turns into a big thing. How powerful would it be if in those moments we just humbled ourselves and we quieted ourselves a little bit and we prayed instead for our spouse, you know. Over Christmas time, um, we have, so one of my nephews is dating a wonderful girl from England, and so she told us at Thanksgiving, I said, um, is there anything that, you know, because they don't have Thanksgiving over there, poor souls, so, so I said, is there anything at Christmas then, because of this horrific affair that's happened, and you don't have Thanksgiving to prepare you, is there anything we can do on Christmas to make it special that 
we don't do over here. She says, well, we have these things in England called Christmas crackers, okay? And I don't know if you know what these things are, but you get these things, and they have these, you know, like snaps when you used to throw them at the ground at the, as a kid, those had the little gunpowder, and they kind of explode like those. Okay, so they have those in them, and then they have some toys, like some little prizes, and then these hats, okay? And so you hold one side of it, and another person holds the other side, and then you pull this thing, and whoever gets the larger section is the one who won. They get to keep the toy, and there's every single cracker has a hat in it, okay? And you put this silly looking hat on, and it looks like a little paper crown, and you put it around yourself, okay? And we're sitting there, and, you, and then you have to wear it through all of dinner, right? And so we're just looking at each other, laughing at one another, how silly, and then one of us made the comment, imagine every time you argued with your spouse, you had to wear this hat. Like, like you'd just be laughing, like you would just be cracking up, you would never argue, it would never go anywhere, because it just looks so funny. Imagine if every time me and my wife started to get into an argument or disagreement. We just began to pray for one another. Maybe, maybe not even together. Maybe it's just like those moments when you're trying to cool off and you just take a step back and you begin to pray. Oh, God, be with Kelly. Help her to see things my way. No, no, no. You begin, <laughs> oh, Lord, just, just be with her, God, and, and, and help us to understand one another and help us to be able to encourage. Like, what a powerful thing that would happen. As we're just going through our day, we know our spouse is going through some hard stuff to be praying for them. And it doesn't have to be an hour long. And we'll talk about that as we go through. Just praying on the way. A 30-second prayer, a 10-second prayer. God, I know my spouse is going into that interview. God, I know my spouse is really hurting today. God, I just give them a good day. Go before them. Surround them. Show them that you're with them. What a powerful thing that we can do as we pray together and separately. Again, I'm not married. Pray for your future spouse. Pray for them. I've been telling my kids that for a long time. Parents, we got to be praying for our kids. Not if, it's when. I don't have kids yet. Pray for your future kids. We've got to. There's so much temptation coming at them. There's so much they're trying to work through. Who am I? Is God real? Can God be trusted? Who do I do life with? What do I do with my life? And who do I, where do I do it, right? So many big things be praying for our kids, not an if, it's a when. Kids in the room, you need to be praying about those things. God, what do you have for me? God, show me you are, you, you are trustworthy. God, show me who to do life with and where to do life and, and how to do life, God. And you need to be praying for your parents in the process that, that they'd have wisdom. And all of us have to be praying for our friends and those that are in need, right? And so many of you guys are incredible at this. I can't tell you how many people stop me on the way out in the hallway today and just go, can you pray for so-and-so? There's something coming up. Can you pray for this person? There's something going on in their life. Community groups. As we sit and talk at the end, we always take prayer requests. And man, I don't know about all your groups, but our group is just always this person and that person needs prayer and somebody's going through that. And, and we just cry out to God together. Prayer is so important. And not an if, it's a when. And you might say, but I don't know what to pray. Okay, I want to give you something so simple and yet so incredibly powerful, all right? So what was Epaphras praying for when he wrestled in prayer for the Colossians? You ready? It says, that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. So Epaphras was wrestling in prayer that the Colossians would stand firm in the will of God. Everybody say God's will. Everybody say God's will. This is so important. If you want a theme to pray in 2023, God's will. God's will, knowing it and doing it. God, what is your will? 
God, show my spouse your will. God, show me your will. God, show our kids your will. God, be with that friend. Show them that your will can be trusted. Show them your will is good. Paul tells us in the Romans, in the letter to the Romans, that God's will is perfect and pleasing. And we're going to see as we continue to go what a powerful theme this is. But man, this is what Epaphras prayed for. God, I pray that the people of Colossae will stand firm in your will. Parents, that's a powerful prayer for our kids. God, let our kids stand firm in your will, God. They got so much thrown at them. May they stand firm in your will, Jesus. I think about how he says, God, I want to pray that, that these people will be mature. God, let them be mature. And all the, all the wives in the room are going, I've been praying my spouse will be mature for a long time. Ain't nothing happening, right? Like, and that's not the kind of maturity I'm talking about. In fact, our team was talking about Christmas decorations before we, uh, we got up here. And I remember that, that, that one year I came home with a full-size lit up Yoda decoration. And we had this beautiful bay window in the house we lived in in Center Reach. It was like the closest to the street. And, and my wife likes things real classy. And so everything was nice out of the little decorations. And then there stood Yoda, like Christmas Yoda, like with his sword. And I came down one year and Yoda was broken. <laughs> ah, interesting. Pretty sure my wife was praying that thing broken, you know. But I'm not, I'm not that kind of maturity. No, the, the maturity, the word used here in the Greek means to fill up to be filled up with the will of God. Praying that for our spouses. Praying that for our kids. God, let them be filled up, you know? Like so full. Remember how you felt on Christmas Day after dinner? Like that kind of full, right? Like filled up with the will of God. Like feet set. God, I'm gonna do it your way. Praying that for one another. Praying that for those that need God. And listen, um, this is a great place to start if you don't know what to pray. God, help them to see your will. Help them to know your will. Help them to live out your will. Your will be done, right? I don't know if that prayer sounds familiar. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But God, your will be done. And listen, what else do we pray for? What are they going through? What's your spouse going through? What an easy, easy place to start. Begin to pray for those things you know that's going on in their life. Your kids, your parents. Begin to be praying for that. You know, we've got people in this room who have fasted and prayed for their family. Fasted and prayed for those that are far from Jesus. Uh, tears streaming from eyes over situations. What do we pray about? Those, those, those situations they're walking through. But, but I would encourage you, add to those prayers. Or if you don't know where to start, begin with, oh God, may your will be known and may your will be lived out. May your will be understood. May they stand firm in your will. Can we pray in 2023 this theme of God's will? Can we pray for our church? God, what timing do you have for us to build this property up? God, what do you have us to do? How, how do we look most like you, Jesus? Look most like you want Living Word Church to look like. That we would just come around the steam of God's will. So important. Some of you are saying, I'm bad at praying. I'm just bad at it. I just want to encourage you that you don't have to be a missionary or a pastor to get this right. I don't really think there's a wrong. In fact, look at what W.H. Griffith Thomas said. You have to listen to him because he's got four parts to his name and two of them are initial, so he's really smart, okay? So look at this. It says this. There are many things outside the power of ordinary Christian people and great position, wide influence, outstanding humility, maybe lacking to almost all of us. So almost all of us, like, like we have these great aspirations as Christians, but maybe we don't have all those you know, outstanding abilities or huge influence or all these things. But he says, but the humblest and least significant Christian can pray. And as prayer moves the hand that moves the world, perhaps the greatest power we can exert is that which comes through prayer. 
You know, I don't say this to say anything great about me and Kelly. Many of you are doing this very same thing. But Kelly and I, over the years, because of health things and both of us almost dying at different times, man, we have wrestled for one another in prayer. We've had to. It's felt like we have fought off the hand of the enemy over one another's lives. We've had to. It's not an if we pray. It's a when we pray. Many of you have done that for your kids. Many of you have done that for your parents and friends. Just fought in prayer, crying out to God to come through. It's not if we pray, it's when we pray. Epaphras was a prayer. Paul was a prayer. So back to Colossians 1 where we started, verse 9. For this reason, Paul says, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We've not stopped. So before he said, it's not if we pray, it's when we pray. Then Epaphras says, Paul says about Epaphras, he's always wrestling in prayer. And then Paul says, we've not stopped praying for you. These guys were prayers. They knew the importance of it. And what was Paul praying for? You're going to love this. This is amazing. You ready? Remember, we just saw Epaphras was praying that they'd know and understand and stand in the will of God. You ready? We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will. Everybody say will. Through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. So Paul was praying the same thing Epaphras was praying. I'm starting to think maybe this is an important theme for us. If Paul was praying that the Colossians would understand and walk in the will of God, and Epaphras, their pastor, was praying the Colossians would understand and walk in the will of God, I'm thinking maybe it's really important that you and I come around this theme of the will of God. If you don't know what to pray or where to start, oh God, help my spouse to know your will. Help them to walk in your will. Help my kids to know your will and your ways and stand firm in them. Help my parents to be filled up with the will of God knowing it and doing it. Some of you guys might say, I don't think prayer is important. Well, watch this. Here's what I learned as I was studying Colossians 1 about praying for the will of God to be done in someone's life. Listen, I'll give you a little heads up, a little hint of where we're going here. Praying that someone will understand and live out the will of God leads to everything else they need. Okay, so check out verse 10. So, as th- so that you may live a life. So in other words, we are praying for the will of God that you'd know it and walk in it so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power. These are all byproducts of praying for the will of God in someone's life. According to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his if it's holy people in the kingdom of life. I don't think prayer is important. Is that what you're saying today? Well, listen, in the Greek text, verse 9 all the way out to verse 20 is one long run-on sentence. It links praying for the will of God in people's life to, what is it, 11 verses later, he's still in the same sentence. He links the prayer, the will of God to all these things. Some of the things we just read. Living a life worthy of Jesus. Start by praying that God's will would be known and done in someone's life. Doing good works, which by the way, those good works don't save us, but should be present in our life. Growing in the knowledge of God. Being strengthened with God's power begins by praying that someone will understand and walk in God's will. Endurance, patience, joy, all these are the overflow of Paul saying, we are praying that you would know God's will. Of Epaphras saying, I pray you'll be mature and strong and filled up with the will of God. Man, what a great theme. 
What a powerful thing to pray in 2023. If you're a brand new prayer, or if you've been doing this for decades, can we all pray along the same lines this year? And yes, we keep praying for provision and healing for that person that God will come through in their life. And yes, all that, keep going. But what an awesome thing to all be doing together, praying for spouses and friends and churches and children and all those that we know that need prayer, that God's will would be done, that would be known and walked in. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I want you to see the next verses. This is so great. If you're here today saying, I don't know what all this means for my life, or I feel far from God, or what does all this stuff have to do with anything for me? Look at what it says here. This is so powerful. For he, Jesus, has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins. This is why we came. A few weeks ago, we celebrated the coming of Jesus at Christmas. Why did he come? To rescue you and I out of darkness and bring us into light and bring us into redemption and bring us to the forgiveness of our sin. And so I hope today you're hearing how much God loves you, how much he, he wants to know you, how much that you need him, how much we need to know the forgiveness and salvation of Jesus that we cannot earn ourselves. And so if I could encourage you, and then I want to just hit a couple more of these objections as we close out today, is can we get serious about prayer in 2023, church? Let's get serious about prayer, knowing how important it is, knowing it is vital, knowing that it's what God is going to use to bring about great change. And and listen, we've talked many times, even up through the Christmas Eve Eve services and Christmas Day, there was this, this tension in the fact that sometimes we don't get the prayer, the answers to prayer exactly how we want when we want them. And we wrestle with that, and they're not easy answers all the time for that stuff. I think of the beautiful testimony that Mark and Lauren shared on at the Christmas Eve Eve services about great loss, but God walking with them and carrying them. And so we wrestle with some of the, but why, God? If prayer is powerful, then why not then? And, and that's some of the tension and some of what we need to work through and walk through. And if you need to talk about some of that, I'd love to have a conversation with you. Maybe help you through some of those hurdles and some of those barriers that you might feel. But at the very same time, prayer is so powerful. And so we need to be praying that. And if I could even drive it down a little deeper, I'd just say, let's pray for God's will to be known and done. Let's let that be our theme this year. God, would your will be known, and then done. So if you don't think prayer is important, just remember, praying for the will of God to be known and done leads to living a life worthy of Jesus, doing good works that don't save us but should be present in our lives, being strengthened with God's power, endurance, joy, patience. I don't know what to pray. Pray for the needs of people. Pray for what they're going through, but pray that the will of God would be known and done. I'm bad at praying. No, you're not. No, you're not. I don't think there is a bad at praying. And even if you were, don't you think that means all that much more to God? Oh, God, I really am uncomfortable by this, but I want to come to you in prayer so much I'll push through it. You don't think that blesses the heart of God? You you think he's up there going, no, no, can't come to me until you stop stuttering, until you stop tripping over your words, until you get all the these and thous, right? Like, no, this is God who wants to hear from you. So please approach him. I don't have time. Is that somebody's objection to? I just don't have time. I just want to say, yes, you do. You do have time. You have time in two ways. Number one, you have time because you don't have to be on your knees with the door closed and your face in the carpet at all times praying for three hours, okay? There's a place for that. It's important to get alone with God. But man, you can be praying all throughout your day. You have a walk from the the chemistry building to the math building, right? 
You have a two-hour commute, right? You have a half hour in the grocery store. You, don't need, you know that store so well, you don't even have to think about what you're doing or where you're, you, you know exactly, you're just going, you might as well just start shopping for Instagram, make a fortune, right? Because you don't even have to think about what you're doing in there. You think God won't meet you in the middle of the grocery store as you seek him, mowing the lawn as you seek him, right? Listen, you can be with God all throughout your day. You know, I think back to when Kelly was a, a, a mom with just real little ones. And man, what a time-consuming stage of life that is, right? And just the revelation that God gave her that, you know, God meets her at the grocery store. He meets her, you know, on her knees with, surrounded by kids playing with crayons and doing crafts and playing and toys everywhere and, or coming home from work and everybody's busy and crazy. Like, God is so faithful to meet us. And then I would add to that, that I think there is a time to shut off Netflix, right? Just go be with Jesus. I think there is a time to set the alarm clock a little earlier or stay up a little later than we would have and just be with Jesus. Have that one-on-one time. So I think we have time in two ways. One is on the go, and two is, come on, come on, right? We don't got to scroll on TikTok for 78 hours a day, which is more hours than our inner day, but somehow we still find time for that, right? So come on, we, we, we can make the time. I spent a lot of my young Christian years thinking that only the prayers behind closed doors on my knees counted. And I think that was really wrong and legalistic of me. So God will meet you as you're going. But that time behind closed doors, on your knees, or if you're not an on-your-knees person, honestly, my greatest connections with God is on a walk, is looking at the moon last night, is looking out at the stars, is walking around my backyard just bundled up. I don't care how cold it is. I'm going to bundle up and just be out there because something happens when I'm outside. Something happens when I'm looking at the creation that God so faithfully provided for us. But men, find that spot. What is alone for you? What is that connection with you? And in 2023, let's spend that time. Let's get serious about prayer in 2023. And let's pray that God's will would be known and done. Some of you might have one last objection is, I will pray when things are better for me. I'll pray for others when things are better for me. Where was Paul when he wrote Colossians? He was in prison. And so Paul from prison is telling us when we pray for you. And since we've heard of you, we've not stopped praying for you. And so we don't have to wait until our situations are ideal for us to pray for others. I would encourage you, right in the middle of it, you might be like, I can hardly even pray for myself. That's okay. Sometimes, I've actually had many people tell me in this last season, I can pray better for other people than I can for myself. I, can, I, I have faith for other people's struggles more than I even have for my own. And hey, that's something to work on and bring to the Lord. But there is something powerful that happens when we pray for others, even when we're in the midst of our own struggle. Next week, I'm really excited about this. Kelly is going to continue this series and do part two of Colossians. It's going to be so powerful. But think about what will happen if we get serious in 2023 about prayer. I think we're going to see God move in some pretty powerful ways. I think we're going to start to see more and more, oh, wow, I know the will of God. I'm seeing the will of God, his good, pleasing, perfect will. And my kids and my spouse and my friends and my neighbors and my coworkers and my parents, wow, we begin to see his good, pleasing, perfect will. And remember, seeing the will of God is what unlocks all of the rest, the joy, the peace, the patience, knowing the, the, the things of God. And I love that Jesus is a great example of this. In Luke 22, it says in verse 39, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives. Everybody say as usual. Well, why did he go to the Mount of Olives? To pray. 
See, it wasn't an if, it was a when for Jesus. It was an as usual. How beautiful would it be if that became an as usual for you and me? Doug went outside late at night, all bundled up, as usual. You woke up half hour early to spend time with Jesus, as usual. You, from the chemistry building to the math building, prayed some prayers in that 10-minute walk, as usual. On my two-hour commute, part of that time was spent with Jesus, as usual. On my walk through the grocery store, I was thinking about my kids. I was thinking about my spouse. I was thinking about my neighbor, and I was praying, as usual. What a powerful thing. And you remember what Jesus prayed about, don't you? In that as usual moment, what did he say? Oh God, not my will, but your will be done. Same theme. Same theme. Paul, Epaphras, and Jesus are all on the same theme. Oh God, your will be done. So here's what's happened in the last month or so. Because of Christmas and the holidays and everything, I wrote this message about a month ago. And in the last month, as I've been praying for the will of God to be known and done in my life and in others' lives, I've realized that 90% of what I would have prayed for that person is already covered in that prayer. I started going, oh my gosh, I'm praying that, God, your will would be known and done. That's exactly what these people need. Now I'm praying for healing for people. I'm praying for provision for people. I'm praying that God will come through in people's struggles and all of that, of course. But I realized like 90% of what I would have prayed through on my prayer list if I just pray for that person that God's will be known and done, I'm already covering everything I would have prayed because I was praying for that person that they'd fully surrender to God. I was praying for this person that they would become a Christian. I was praying for that person that they'd have wisdom for that next thing and that next season of life. But if I say, oh, Jesus, let them know your will and let your will be done in their life, that covers all of those prayers already. And so what a powerful thing to add to our prayers. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you heard today Jesus died for you. He rose again. And it's all about forgiveness and mercy. And remember, he initiated the conversation. If you're like, I don't know if God wants to hear from me. Well, he came 2,000 years ago and initiated the conversation. He wants to hear from you. But I don't pray well. Well, he wants to hear from you. Push past that. Spend that time with him. Pray that God's will be known and done. And 2023, I think, what, uh, 2023, I think we'll see some really powerful things happen. As we get serious about prayer. As we pray that his will will be known and done. Let's pray together. God. That's our prayer today. Jesus, let us know your will. Let us know your will, God. So much of our lives is wrapped up in just that theme. What's the will of God? Where do I go? What do I do? Who do I do it with? What direction do I take? How will I find provision? Where is the, the hand of God? So much of it is just in that simple prayer that your will would be known. And then, God, let your will be done. Jesus, in our spouses, in our future spouses, God, in our kids, in our future kids, in the grandkids, God. Jesus, in our friendships, in our parents, in relationships, in the people that we love and care for at our work and schools, God, we pray your will would be known and done. For our nation, Lord, let your will be known and done. For our church, for Living Word Church, God, your will be known and done. I pray that you'll help us get serious about prayer in 2023. I pray we'll push past our time restraints. I pray we'll meet you on the way as you meet us on the way. I pray that we'll have those moments where we carve out that space and seek your face. I pray we'll pray passionately and powerfully for those in our lives. I pray, Jesus, that we'll know what to say because all we have to start with is, Jesus, your will be known and be done. Help us, God. 
If you're not a follower of Jesus and you want to put your trust in him today, I'd love for you to pray with me. You can pray with me now and just pray something like this. Jesus, thank you so much for the forgiveness that you offer me. Thank you for dying on the cross in my place. Thank you, God, for rising from the dead and showing us your power and your authority and rescuing us out of the darkness and bringing us into redemption, forgiveness, and love. Thank you for this gift of salvation in your name.